2: You are listening to the next Best Picture Podcast, and this is our review of The Shining. All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for The Shining, and the story is as follows. Jack Torrance becomes a winter caretaker at an isolated hotel called the Overlook Hotel in Colorado, hoping to cure his writer's block. He settles in along with his wife Wendy and his son Danny, who is plagued by psychic premonitions. As Jack's writing goes nowhere and Danny's visions become more disturbing, Jack discovers the hotel's dark secrets and begins to unravel into a homicidal maniac hellbent on terrorizing his family. The film is starring Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, Scatman Crovers and Danny Lloyd. It is written and directed by Stanley Kubrick, co written by Diane Johnson. Joining me for this podcast, Patreon special Halloween horror movie review, I have Josh Parham. Hello, hello. Casey Lee Clark. Hello. Dan Bayer. Redrum. <laughs> 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 and joining us also here as a guest for the first time ever here on the next best picture podcast from Frygate the 13th horror podcast. I have Maddie Zergyic, everybody. Hi everyone. Nice to be with you. Hey, so Maddie, thank you so much for uh being here and also too on such short notice, by the way. But uh you came heavily recommended, and I wanted to have someone on this particular review uh that really, really knew their stuff with the horror genre. Not like we don't necessarily, but I mean, your podcast is essentially a horror movie podcast. So
1: Yeah, we are all about horror in real life and in the movies. So this is going to be fun to talk about. It's one of my favorites of all time.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's really, really cool to hear. And there's a lot to talk about with this movie. Uh, there's been many interpretations of this film, many video analysis essays. I don't know if you guys ever heard of someone named Rob Ager, coalitive uh, Learning. Uh, but that's like... Uh, Man, you can get lost in that guy's essays and videos on this movie. It's insane. Um, There's been conspiracy theories. And then there's just a general appreciation of the film itself and everything else that it has to offer. Um, It's got this crazy production. Like, the backstory with the book and how Stephen King is, like, not so on board with this adaptation. And at the end of the day, it's also our first Stanley Kubrick review here on the podcast as well. So to everyone out there that voted for this... Um, Thank you so, so much because you guys really chose an exciting one that leads in perfectly into Dr. Sleep coming out in a few days. With all of that said, no pressure considering uh, the enormity of stuff I just mentioned. I'm going to kick it over to our guest first, Maddie. What do you think ultimately, general thoughts about The Shining?
1: Um,
2: I think it's
1: arguably one of the masterpieces of the modern horror canon. Um, I think it's a film about a lot of things. I think um, it's a film sort of in two different uh, realms. It's in the realm of the real and the realm of the spiritual. And I think that the spiritual stuff is sort of not too hard to pick out. It's sort of pretty obvious. But I think when you get down to the real story here, which is what really excites me about horror movies even more than the, the supernatural or, or the extraordinary is The Ordinary. And what we find in The Shining is that this is a movie about abuse. It's a movie about codependency. It's a film about addiction, about mental health and illness. Um, So all of those things, I think, just make it sort of um, really thrilling to dive into the human condition in a very extraordinary way. Um, And in the end of it, just like with all uh, really great horror films, we also discover incredible empathy. Um, and an incredible um, warmth and courage. And I think that's those are some of the underlying things that that maybe, um, I don't know, maybe Stanley Kubrick intended, maybe Stephen King never really meant to do. Maybe it was an accident altogether, but those are the things that really get me excited about The Shining.
2: All right, cool, awesome. Uh, Josh, what about you?
3: Um, I really like this movie. Uh, I will say though, I don't know if I'm somebody that is in the, it's a masterpiece camp. I I do like a lot of elements of this film. It's exceptionally well-made, for sure. Like, all of the technical elements are really great. The performances I really do enjoy. I, I do think, though, there are some things in this story that keep me at arm's length just a little bit, and I think some of that has to do with the nature of this adaptation and what they've chosen to include from the book and what they've chosen to exclude and... I think that there's a bit of a choppiness to it that as the movie goes on, I don't really jive that well with. But it's not enough to really bring the movie down a tremendous amount for me. I still think it's a really well-made film. And there's a great sense of atmosphere throughout all of it that I really respond to. So even though I know so many people have a lot of affection for this film and think it's one of the, the greatest movies ever made... I'm not quite there, but it's still a really, really well-made film that I do definitely enjoy.
2: Okay. All right. little variety there. Never hurt anyone. <laughs> Casey, what about you?
0: Um, Yeah, I think I follow more in the it's-a-masterpiece canon. But <laughs> um, The Shining is one of my favorite movies ever. It's maybe my favorite horror movie. I, I don't remember the first time I watched it. I, I got very into classic horror when I was in middle school, which is a weird point of renting these types of movies from the library as a 12 year old. But I think what I love about it so much beyond just like the look of it and how well-made it is and whatnot is the tone of it and the atmosphere. And I also just, I like those kinds of movies that I think while I still find it scary, it's like, I've seen it so many times that it's transcended that to like, I can almost laugh at parts of it in like a fun way. Mm -hmm. And I find this movie a lot of fun at times and ridiculous in a good way, and I love that about it, and I love the performances, but I also, I think, get something new out of it every time that I watch it. Like, I think I always had that mentality of, like, Jack is crazy, and it's kind of fun, and then I more recently watched it and kind of looked at it from Wendy and Danny's point of view and felt a little more fear from it, a little more, like, protectiveness of the two of them, so I think that... I like that it's not a film that you can just watch once and know everything about it. I like Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of meanings to it. I like that it's almost no matter how many times I've seen it, I'm still getting something new from it and learning something new with life and age and experience and whatnot. And I've just become always obsessed with studying things on it. I've seen this so many times I've seen room two, three, seven, the documentary of all the theories, a number of times I, I'm tentatively excited for Dr. Sleep. I'll probably be disappointed, but I'm tentatively excited
2: I'm just hoping that Dr. Sleep doesn't put me to sleep. It's over two and a half hours long, longer nice. than The Shining itself, you know. Oh, so besides
0: that point. We'll see.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: But I love this movie. So
4: Dan? Okay. So I, somehow I had never seen The Shining in full ever before. Literally just now. Oh wow.
2: This is exciting. <laughs> oh my. I, I,
4: I had seen Uh, I had missed basically the entire middle of the movie somehow. Like whenever I've seen the beginning, I've seen the end, like first third and the last third. And like the middle third was all big. I may have maybe seen bits and pieces of it over the years, but I had never actually seen the whole thing. Uh, And I finally sat down to watch it. And I think it is one of the greatest critiques of toxic masculinity i have mm. seen
2: yeah um i i wouldn't disagree with that um i could definitely understand that 100% here all right so uh this might come as a shock to some people i do not particularly like the shining
4: Ooh. i mean no no one's no one's perfect it's okay yeah <laughs> i i'm here for this i can't wait to hear this
2: so the, and my issues with The Shining uh, are issues that I sometimes point out, and people look at me like, "Wait, what? Why?" Um, and I think that the first thing is, let me get it. Let me get it out of the way. What I love about this movie first. Mm. I love that there is something new to take away from it every time you watch it. Casey, you said that before. I wholly agree with that. I feel like every time I do watch this movie, um, I'm always picking up on a different interpretation, a different type of feeling. Um And of course, you know, hearing everyone else's opinions on the movie also really helps that a lot. Uh, There is some real conspiracy nut theories out there in terms of uh, continuity errors or placement of objects and symbolism and things like that. And what does this all mean? And I I find that to be a lot of fun. I really, really enjoy that a lot. I like the vibe of this movie as well. Like, I love the score incredibly. Mm God, the score
4: and the sound design is the best part. Of the yeah.
2: Like, for example, when we get to the third act and uh, you could just hear the sound of the cold wind outside and like in the moments of silence, that's like the only sound that you hear as people are walking through the house. Uh, a very, very unsettling feeling. And it's really, really well done. The steady cam in this movie is some of the best ever done in any movie ever. Um, and I know some people have said, oh, it's overused a little bit too much. No, I think it's part of the language. Of the film Um, if you're going to use it this much commit to it and he does you know so I I would argue that it's uh, actually really really well implemented uh, throughout where the movie uh, loses me is actually the thing that Stephen King actually disagrees with I think fundamentally the most in terms of the adaptation I do not like Jack Nicholson's performance in this movie And I do not like that he is, from the offset, someone that you could tell there's something wrong with this guy. The turn um, is way too heavily uh, telegraphed. And he goes so overboard with this performance in terms of the little ticks and the things he does with like his tongue and his eyes and the facial expressions and stuff that... I can understand when Stephen King says, I didn't want to cast a guy that had just won the Oscar for One play, one Flew Over to Cuckoo's Nest mm-hmm. in the cuckoo crazy mm-hmm. role. And it's like, yeah, I would have liked to have seen the nice, tender, loving father uh, who may or may not have some sort of a sketchy... Backstory kind of a thing going on with the family in terms of did he hurt the kid? Did he not hurt the kid? Was it an accident, but look he looks like a nice guy there is none of that here with Jack you can tell He looks like a douchebag right from the very very beginning and as an audience member That's gonna sit there for two and a half hours and watch this um, Kind of creep up on you in this kind of slowly paced change it's it, it loses a lot of emotion uh, for me because there was no strong foundation to begin with.
4: Yeah. I think the, um, the pacing of the movie in terms of how it ramps up the, the tension and the crazy is really off. Uh, there's no sense of the Torrances as a quote unquote normal family. I, I, I never got a feeling of like what a, you know, what, a regular day for them in the Overlook Hotel was like, I didn't get the feeling of a slow descendant to madness. It's just, you know, a nice moment, and then all of a sudden, boom, crazy.
2: Yeah, like that scene where Danny comes to him, and he's all, like, asking him, you know, would you ever do anything to, like, hurt me or mommy? And he's like no, Danny. <laughs> and he's like, Jack, why are you yeah. playing it like this? You know, it's just so weird.
3: And, and the thing is, I, I do believe that Jack Nicholson is an actor who is capable of selling those more somber, realistic moments. He has performances mm-hmm. like that in his career. Oh,
2: yeah, and definitely.
3: I do agree with you, Matt, that there is something about just watching him in the beginning, like when he's in the interview, even, There's something very just unsettling about him that doesn't really make you ever believe that this was supposed to be a normal guy who then suddenly slowly turned very crazy. And you just really kind of hit the ground running with this Jack Nicholson performance.
2: Because that's the real horror of the movie, isn't it? It's like something that makes it relatable almost to like something like hereditary to me in a way is – give me something that universally most of us can all identify with in the beginning that we all have, which is the family unit, or at least I hope we all have something of that, and have that tragically get taken away from us. Mm -hmm. And you create a very, very strong emotional attachment, I think, when you do something like that. It's part of the reason, like I said, where I think hereditary works so, so well. Um, And if they had done that here... Um, I think this movie would be like a ten out of ten, like amazing movie. But the, the just it, it's it's so kooky and so wacky uh, in terms of what his performance is doing. Now, if somebody wants to bat for it and defend it for me, and maybe tell me contextually why it works, not just because it's fun, because you know he's chewing up the scenery and he's doing yeah, crazy yeah, Jack sure. shit, and it's fun, yeah. yeah. But does anyone have like anything else to maybe add well, to that? To I, like. I don't...
1: I don't think that you're wrong. I think um, think it would be fun to see it if, you know, in a a dream world, right? It would be a lot of fun to go back and be able to see this with somebody else playing. And I'm not sure that would be, but maybe we could all think about who our ideal casting might be for Jack Torrance. Mm. Um, But I do think that what we do see from Jack Torrance in the beginning is somebody who was only four months off the sauce as an alcoholic We see somebody who very clearly has some sort of anger issues. We learned that from Wendy fairly early in the film. Yep, Um, Anger issues such that he dislocated his son's shoulder. I mean, like, I'm from a really big family. I've got a ton of nieces and nephews. I've had to pick them up before to get them out of something. It takes a lot of strength to pull a kid's shoulder out. So, I mean, we we know from the outset that there is something wrong with him. And it's not just – it's not just an affectation – it's a deep problem within him. And then the other part of it, too, that you know, we, we need to talk about more, of course, as we go through the film, is that there is something about the overlook itself that starts calling Jack Torrance in from the get-go. And mm-hmm. you know, in the in the initial scenes, we know, of course, we see there's something off with Jack, but there's also something off with everybody. There's something off with Mr. Allman, there's something off with Mr. Allman's assistant. You know, if we're if we're even thinking a little bit about room two three seven and some of the um some of the interpretations, just from the get-go, the very layout of the hotel seems to be strange. We're in a very secluded place. Everything seems to be just a little bit off. Not just Jack. So I, I think environmentally there's a lot going on there. And we do know that he does have mental issues. So I I think it's less an affectation. I think it's more of a um, It's more of a deep read into the character.
2: Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full review of the 1980 film The Shining here on the Next Best Picture podcast. In order to get the full review, you will have to head on over to our Patreon page for Next Best Picture. For $1 minimum a month, you will get this review and other exclusive podcast content as well. Thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time.